Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press with Bonnie and Felix, a podcast by basketball fans for basketball fans, aka Toronto's number one NBA podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Felix. Ayo, hey, Felix, really quickly, what are your thoughts on your cousin being eliminated by the point guard? It's okay, he can take that. That's a humble loss because he lose <laughs> to one of, one of the greatest point guards, you know, to ever play the game. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, humble loss, humble loss. <laughs> In this episode, we'll quickly recap the surprising, disappointing, and most valuable player in each series of the first round of the playoffs. In addition to that, we'll be discussing the matchups in the second round, and we'll end off the episode with a game we call Who's Talking? So stick around and enjoy the show. Let's get it. All right, so we're going to quickly talk about the first round results of the playoffs, and we're just going to quickly discuss the surprising, disappointing players, as well as the most valuable player in each of those series. So we'll start off with the Eastern Conference. Bucks versus Bulls, they ended up winning that 4-1. to one. Who's your MVP for that series, Felix? Oh, Giannis. Easy, right? Yeah. Easily, you know, 28.6 points, 13.4 rebounds, shooting over 50% from the field goal. Buckets, right? He was fucking incredible. Right? And you know what? Without Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. For like maybe right. half the series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, How about your surprising player? Who's your surprising player from that series? I have like a, a split, you know, Patrick Williams and Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen had that tremendous game in one of those games where he was just knocked off from, from three. And Patrick Williams is probably the only player besides uh, Vuvicic that raised their regular season stat when it came to playoffs, right? Like, you know, you always expect your regular players to step up their game, you know, be a little bit more extra saucy in the playoffs, you know? And Patrick Williams did it, and he was actually pretty impressive for me defensively as well. Word, word. And I also want to mention, too, Nikola Vucevic, you know, he averaged 19 points and 12 rebounds that entire series. He was the most consistent player other than DeMar, who dropped the 40-piece. But yeah, man, like I totally agree. I think Grayson Allen, in addition with uh, Patrick Williams. And the thing is, too, it's nice to see that Williams is getting that rotation still, even though they're obviously out of the playoff contention or even for the title. But because he was injured for the majority of the season, it's nice to see him out on the court again, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And also for your disappointing player, who was the most disappointing player from that series, Bucks versus Bulls? For me, uh, it was Zach Levine, man. He went from 24 points in a season. He dropped down to 19 points in a season. And he didn't look that aggressive, you know? Look, he was just floating around there if you're actually watching the game. And he actually also dropped in field goal percentage and three goal percentage during the series. You can obviously attribute, you can obviously attribute that to um, the Bucks defense because they were, again, Bucks were solid. But yeah, Zach Levine is my disappointing player. I thought he wouldn't maybe average the same amount like what the Mars averaging you know like maybe like 27 28 you know that's mm-hmm. what you expect from your superstar yeah like I, I honestly put like as expected like there wasn't really a disappointment because we all expected the Bulls and the Bucks to like it wasn't gonna go to like a game six or game seven the Bucks obviously dominated right yeah. I think the only thing really is the fact that Levine was I believe he was injured right like game three or game four was it or game four I think he wasn't, was he wasn't a, games, yeah. yeah, he just wasn't available, right? And then in addition to that, with Lonzo Ball also still injured, there's just availability problems for the Bulls as a whole, you know? But yeah, but, you know, I think they kind of exposed them because the Bulls weren't that deep, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. deep at all. Kobe White, he's just there, you know? He's just one of those players that's just there. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no improvement in him, you know? And you see it, you know? But the Bucks bench literally killed them every game, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, bro. So let's move on to the Heat and the Hawks. 
the Heat ended up winning that matchup. I believe it was also four to one. Your MVP, Jimmy Butler is my MVP. Like I said, every superstar you don't have to up their game from the regular season. That's exactly what he did. He went from twenty one point nine points per game in the regular season to now 30, 30.5 points per game right now. So that's a huge jump, and that's a huge lift for Miami, man. So he's my MVP. Pretty much the same, yeah. Jimmy Butler like did not disappoint. It doesn't matter where he is, whether he was with the Timberwolves or with the Sixers. Playoff, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets. He's a bucket. He will get yeah. those buckets, you know? Unanimously, Jimmy Butler, the MVP of that series. Who's the surprising player for you in that series? For sure is DeAndre Hunter. And bro, if you watch that series, I felt like he was the star of that for the Yeah, Hawks. man. He, he's also so, my surprising player too. Yeah, he went from 13.4 points per game to 21.2 points per game. That's huge, man. Especially that game five when he dropped the double-double 35 and 11, right? So Yeah. So yeah. like I was shook when I was watching him. Like, damn. But that's exactly what you expect from... Not expect, but that's actually a huge bonus when you see young players developing in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Because this mm-hmm. is his second run, right? Mm-hmm. So it's... um I loved it. He was my surprising player. And your disappointing player. Who's your disappointing player for this series? Mr. Trey Young, bro. This guy disappointed, I think, even worse than Kevin Durant. But I feel like, obviously, right now, Kevin Durant gets the, the spotlight. But Trey Young, wow, it was really bad what Miami did. And they literally exposed him. There's actually, you know, he went from 28.4 points per game to 15.4 points per game. And that's the second largest decrease in the last 25 years. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually crazy, bro. That's your star player. He was only averaging 15. And I credit to Miami. And was, what made Miami dangerous in that series, and especially with Trey, is that didn't matter who did the pick and roll, Miami will always switch. And every defender, especially that starting lineup, you go through that starting lineup, you have you can switch with Kyle. Kyle's a capable defender. You have Jimmy Butler. You have Bam Adebayo if you do the pick and roll with the center, right? P.J. Tucker. You can switch easily, and all those guys can't take care of Trey Young, you know? And that's what they did. You know, Trey Young did still hit some big shots, but goddamn, bro, I never saw that. You know, I never seen that happen. Taking that bad. The fact that he only averaged like 30% from the three point line was very, very disappointing because obviously we know what he's capable of. But you're right. You know, the Heat has a stacked defensive squad with all the names you just mentioned. You know, everybody knew the Heat was going to sweep the Hawks. And even with the availability of John Collins coming back, same with Clint Capella. Yeah, it still wasn't enough, right? I feel like I felt John Collins was kind of rushed. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I, I, agree. Look, I agree. He didn't look ready. He didn't look ready. You know. All right, bro. So the next matchup or the next series from the first round: 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors. Who's your MVP for that series, dude? Oh, Joel Embiid. Same, easy, no brainer for anybody that watched that entire series. I honestly thought that was like the most exciting series to me. Not because I'm a Raptors fan, but because like the probability of the Raptors probably being the only team that can come back from a 3-0 deficit, you know? Yeah, I feel you. But, you know, I didn't really expect the Raptors to come back because, you know what, in my head is that if you're capable of winning to get 3-0, get a 3-0 lead on, on your opponent, then you're more than capable to win at least one in the next four games. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, who's your surprising player? Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey fucking impressed the shit out of me in that series. And he is continuing still to do that in the second round. When we talked about that James Harden trade, I, I think the number one thing I was very concerned of is if James Harden is going to take away from Tyrese Maxey's game. But, you know, he didn't show that at all in this playoff series. So I'm mm-hmm. actually really happy. He's still continuing to develop. So it's, it's amazing. He was really Yeah, good. man. Yeah, he was, he was amazing that entire series, averaging 21 points. And he averaged more points than Harden that entire series against the Raptors. Um, and your disappointing player from that series. 
James Harden, bro. I think, yo, bro, with James Harden, man, I just think that everyone's in love with that old Houston Rockets James Harden, right? And we haven't seen that guy in three years. Even when, when he got traded to Brooklyn, his stint with Brooklyn with now Philly into this series, you can just tell that he, I think he's liking the role more as a facilitator because he definitely lost the efficiency of his scoring, man. Like in the regular season and even like this season, in this playoff series, he's only averaging 40% from the field goal percentage and 36% from three point. And he's not even taking that many shots anymore. And he's not even going that many times to the to the rim. He's not washed, but he's definitely not like that superstar, not all-star anymore. And mm-hmm. you can see it. I think it's time to transition to that, you know? So, you know, stop putting the bar up here because I don't think he's ever going to be that same player. Honestly, for this series alone, the disappointing player, like I just put as expected, like the Raptors lost multiple leads within all the games that they played, even when they were up double digits. Um, they had a horrible game three that was supposed to be a W. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, Embiid just knows how to get to the line. And we all saw like those post-game interviews with like Nick Nurse and Joel Embiid going back at it. He just knows. Joel Joel is like so knowledgeable at this game. Now his ball IQ is is top-notch. So yeah, you, but you know give what? respects to him. But thanks for bringing that up because the only thing, the one thing I just hate is this Joel Embiid is a complainer, bro. He complains about every fucking call and those games. <laughs> and he still complains even when he knows he's getting most of the calls. His team's getting most of the calls. That happened for the first three games with the, sorry, the first two games in that series where Oh my God, it was it was a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. But I just didn't like to complain because he was, then he was talking to Tony Nick Nurse to stop complaining about the calls. So I feel that's just, nah, I hate that. I actually fucking hate that. You know, at least be like Luca, you know, Luca at least knew he was complaining about it all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And finally, the last series matchup between the Celtics and the Nets in the first round. Who do you have as your most valuable player in that series? Jason Tatum. He averaged 29.5 points per game. 7.3 assists per game and 4.5 rebounds per game. They all went up in the a, in a playoffs, so he's my MVP. Same, man. Like, Tatum didn't disappoint. He was, he was box he was office talent, you he know? Like, you, can, you can definitely tell that, you know, I saw, I saw uh, a tweet. I forgot the source, but he was like, you can tell he was mentored by Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah. That was, um, that was AI. AI? Yeah. So he was AI, just, AI said that. Yeah, look at him, man. He, you know what? He was right. He was right. Mm-hmm. So... I enjoyed watching him shine in that series as much it came across to my man, Katie. <laughs> uh, who did you have as your surprising player for that series? Uh, Bruce Brown. He went, he's 14 points per game. He was, he was a huge spark for the Nets, man. That was actually five points more than he was averaging during the regular season. And his field goal percentage went up, his three point percentage went up, and his free throw percentage all went up. So that, that's huge for them. So that's my surprising player. For my surprising player for that series, I'm going to go with Al Horford. You know, like he's still showing the league that he's got the longevity to like play, you know, because we, we know what he was capable of with when he was with the Atlanta Hawks when they had that amazing run back in the 2010s, right? Yo, he's a, uh, you kind of forget how long he's been in the league. I know. Honest. He's a sleeper. He really he's is a sleeper. sleeper. You know, you know like, what? He yeah. did, yeah, him playing like that in that series was kind of like him playing in that stint with his first Boston stint. So it was, yeah. it was really, yeah, 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 it was really nice. It was really nice to see. It was very surprising. He averaged 13 points and almost eight rebounds per game in that series. Um, he was a huge help when they did a lot of switches for Durant. He exactly. Was really yeah. great with that. Mm-hmm. And who's your disappointing player for that series? Uh, Kyrie Irving, man. He only averaged 21 points per game. His field goal and three-point percentage went down. He just wasn't aggressive. He was watching the game. He wasn't getting that many touches. He wasn't really like inserting himself into the game. 
from game two to game four, like all together, you only went to the line six times. That's not even like you tell me that's Kyrie Irving. I'll, I'll have a hard time believing that's Kyrie Irving because that was just not in his game. And that's just that blew my mind. And I don't want to like obviously blame or maybe I, I just I would like to assume that he did play part time for most of the season. So then when he switched full time, it was just like the last, what, not even 10 games. And with the addition of now he's um, participating in his in Ramadan, right? So and if you don't know about Ramadan, you're not supposed to have nothing in your mouth until like 8 p.m. <laughs> right? It's true. Can you say that once more? <laughs> Yo, yeah, you're not supposed to have those nothing exact, in your mouth. Those exact <laughs> words. You know, I have something, nothing in your mouth for eight to 8 p.m., bro. Damn. Yeah, not even water. I thought it was water, but not even water, man. And you telling me he's working out and doing all that shit. That's crazy. If he is, that's crazy. You know, I don't think he's superhuman. I'm pretty sure he's obviously affecting some. He's getting some effect from it, right? I'm gonna add on to that real quickly. I'm just happy that like he has that side of him to, you know, he's not shy to be himself. That's that. That's 100. I, I actually know. love that he's he's spreading his religion and spreading the love mm-hmm. of God. You know. Every time he's talking about it, right? He always shows love about it. And that's what I love about it. But let's not get distracted. I just still think maybe it could be affecting his gameplay, right? Interesting. Okay. I just think, bro. Yeah, I, just I mean, think. I mean, like he, when he dropped 10 points in game two, I was just like, why? This is not the Kyrie I know. And he only shot a three-pointer once that game and missed. He didn't score any threes that game. And I'm telling you, bro, I he literally let <laughs> left Kevin Durant to, to fend for himself. He did. Bro, I'm telling <laughs> you, bro. I'm telling you. Nobody, you know, the Boston Celtics gave Kevin Durant the business, man. I was watching this game time and time. I'm like, yo, can't believe this guy's... They were locking my man down, bro. But it was a whole team effort. They were able to switch every single time. You, you expect it from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But then you see Grant Williams... He did an amazing job with Kevin Durant as well. And Al Horford. So it was just a Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. That whole lineup right there. And then when he got Time Lord back, he also did an amazing job. It was a whole team effort to slow down Kevin Durant. He still averaged high numbers. He still had good assist numbers. But still, everything went down with field goal percentage. But your Boston straight out annihilated them. Steve Nash was straight out outcoached. He is going to get fired. 100% he's going to get fired. And that's my man too. <laughs> that hurts me too you know that's my man too but that hurts but yeah he's out man he he got clearly out coached he didn't do any adjustments I even I knew he was gonna get fired the moment he said that shit in a press conference where he's like um, the reporter asked him like a dumbass question say oh did you execute your plan and Steve Nash is like we didn't execute our plan but we don't know if our plan would work until we execute it yeah I, re- <laughs> I remember <laughs> reading that quote I'm like yo man you're making you should go back to um you should take an the English class. <laughs> I'm like, yo, and then for me, he told for me that tells me he's not like he didn't do that much adjustments, that many adjustments, right? Yeah, I think he the just biggest, relied on talent alone. That's yeah, what I, I think. think. I think the biggest adjustment he did was just adding Blake Griffin at the end of the game three and letting him play game four, bro. That's the only adjustment I saw. This episode of Full Court Press with Bonnie and Felix is sponsored by Hoopin. Speak the language of basketball with killer t-shirts and hoodies that solidify your identity on and off the court. Use code FULLCOURT for 15% off your order. All right, let's go on to the Western Conference now. We'll start off with the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. Who's your MVP from that series? My MVP is always Luka, bro. Came back at the last two games and killed it. But 
I'm going to give a co-MVP award and I'm going to put Jalen Brunson in there because he absolutely killed it. What, he averaged yeah. like 28 points per game. He averaged like 28, mm-hmm. point, 28 points per game. He's my MVP averaging... and my surprising player. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's actually my surprising player too. Yeah, bro. And Luca's averaging 33. I think he actually just tied Michael Jordan for the most points per game in the playoff series. So shout out to Luca, bro. Luca's just writing a bunch of like role players. <laughs> At least now Jalen Brunson is not, I can, I can, you know, give him a promotion to a good starter. So <laughs> let's go. Let's go Dallas, man. I'm telling you. Um, Who's your disappointing player from that series? The whole Utah just fucking roster, bro. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent agree. Yeah. I didn't, I, you you don't even have you don't even have to name Gobert and and Donovan Mitchell, but like Everybody. Quinn Everybody. Snyder, too comfortable. Jordan Clarkson, too comfortable. Royce O'Neal, all right. Bogdanovich, streaky. They're not they're not a, a sound fundamentally sound team postseason wise. Regular season, they're great, but like in the postseason, they can't translate. Uh, for some reason, bro, I think they're super distracted. I don't know what it is. It could be actually like a Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert thing. Because you always hear these rumors, right? You never know what it is. But honestly, that team you're watching, that, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't even do that many straight up. They, didn't, they never done, I don't think they've done that many changes to the roster. But this is the first time I'm watching them. And it's just like, they just look so out of sync. Mm-hmm. So out of sync. It was horrible. You know? It was, it, it just wasn't fun. And, you know, everything they had to lead, it was just, you know, everyone knew they can. I mean, I told you, right? We told you, we talked about this last time. Utah Jazz can never hold a lead. Everyone knows that, and nobody's scared about that, right? And bro, you're getting cooked by a bunch of role players the first what three games? It's crazy, bro. They got cooked by Jalen Brunson. They got cooked by Jalen Brunson. You have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. All right. So the next matchup: the Warriors versus the Nuggets in that first round series. Who's your MVP? Oh, Jokic. Jokic is your MVP. Okay. Have you seen him, bro? Holy, he averaged 31 points per game, six assists, and 13 points, uh, 13 rebounds per game. He absolutely was doing everything for Denver. You know, no, obviously, there was no chance they're going to win. A lot of people got, expected to sweep. I'm actually happy they got the W. I'll get at least one W, but that for sure, Jokic was my MVP. Who's yours? I chose Draymond Green for my MVP. That one stop, the last possession of that game on Jokic, that steal. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's a valid MVP, but I don't know, Jokic for me just... And that's the thing too, because the thing is Draymond can play with all the wet brothers. I'm calling them wet brothers. They all are related to like water at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, yo, Jordan Poole, bro. Yeah, triple, triple splash. Right? <laughs> triple splash. And yeah, he's our, I'm pretty sure he's your surprising player for the series, right? Jordan Poole? Yeah. I didn't expect him to really surpass Wiggins like that. He actually kind of, sometimes I kind of forget Wiggins is part of the, for Golden State Warriors, just because <laughs> all you think about is, you know, Draymond, Steph, Thompson, and now you think about Jordan Poole. So that's pretty sick. So he actually made a name of himself this year and the postseason. But I think those last two games, I think he actually, I think he injured his finger. He, he was having, he wasn't scoring as much. And your disappointing player from that series? Aaron Gordon. Because I, I was, mm. I, you know, like you have no, because Aaron Gordon is like technically your fourth best player, you know, behind. Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., and Jamal Murray. But in the postseason, he he actually underdid himself in the regular season. Regular season, he was averaging 15 points per game. He, he dropped down to 13. He dropped down his field goal percentage a lot. He was 52% in the regular season, and he went down to 42%. He was 33% from three, and he went to 20% from three in that series. So I, I he just, I think I'm just going to keep saying it, but you know, in the, in the playoffs, you'll have to step up. Your game has to step up at least one step or two from the regular season and Eric Gordon went, you know, backwards. 
No, I agree. He was also he was also my disappointing player. Like he just didn't elevate his game, and it makes me think now that the trade last year for him going to Denver, it's I don't know if that's gonna be I, I don't know if that's gonna like work out seasons going forward. Honestly, bro, I think he's he's a good he's a good fourth option, and that's what he is. That's what he is in the Denver Nuggets. Because especially just imagine all of them healthy, you get ten points from Eric Gordon. That's good. I agree that he is the fourth option on on the Nuggets behind MPJ and Jamal Murray. However, it's making me think twice about his game because wasn't he supposed to be that dude in Orlando? Yeah, and I yeah. understand Orlando. Like they're obviously a young team trying to rebuild. They're like the Eastern Conference OKC essentially. But he was that dude, and if he was that second or even first option in Orlando, he should be available to become a, a second option behind Jokic when MPJ and Jamal Murray aren't on the floor. So, yeah, Aaron Gordon was very disappointing in that series. That's valid. That's valid. The next series, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Who was your MVP from that series in the first round? Desmond Bain. MVP, yes. Uh, same here, man. Same yeah. here. He's a, he's, he's a bucket. I'm going to say right now, he's a bucket. He really is. He surprised me too. He, I, I guess I put him on my surprising player too, but he was just, wow. Yeah, he was both. The three-point percentage and his range and his consistency was just on from... And he was hitting big shots, man. Mm-hmm. He was hitting a lot of big shots. Yeah, definitely my MVP and surprising player. And who's your disappointing player from that series? Uh, D'Angelo Rosso. Very disappointing, bro. When he averaged like 12 points per game. Everything went down in the playoffs. His stats from regular season to playoffs. So yeah, you know, that was supposed to be expected as a big three. But yeah, he, yo, bro. He doesn't even deserve to be in that talk. Didn't even show it. And now, obviously, the rumor is they're shopping him. So, let's see what's up. But yeah, he's definitely my disappointing player. Yeah. No, he definitely is a disappointing player for me as well. Just because, like you said, the fact that you're trying to build this three-headed monster in Minnesota. You got... What's his fucking face? What's his name? Oh, my God. Anthony Towns. Nah, Alex Rodriguez. Oh, Oh, wow. You got him all hyped up. And now it's like, it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. You're right. And finally, the Suns and the Pelicans. Who, who's your MVP from that series? Chris Paul. No brainer. Mr. Chris Paul. 14 of 14 that last game. Yeah, amazing. Who you got for your surprising player? I'm going to put my, my, my cousin. I also put your cousin. I did. I can't think of anyone else though. But yeah, he did. He was really good. Like, you know, and not, obviously you won't see in a stat sheet, but he's a hustle player. He got, he that, steal on, he saw, got that steal on Chris Paul. And, yo, I was watching a game where they were singing, Jose, 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 Jose. Bro, chills. I thought they were cheering for my last name for a second. Because my last name and your last name equals Jose Alvarado. You're goddamn right. Bro, that's our child. (laughs) Bro, that's our fucking child, bro. Yo, he has to come in the podcast now. (laughs) Makes no sense. Your last name and my last name is his fucking full name. Can you fucking... Holy fuck, yeah, I didn't man. take that in. I didn't think when did you did you just take that in right now? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I know you did. You would have told me this a long time ago. I didn't even take that in. Wow. Wow, that was good. That was good. <laughs> and um disappointing players, honestly, between the Suns and the Pelicans, it was literally as expected. Like Yeah, I had nothing. It was all, it was just as expected. The way yeah. the series went, everything just literally as expected. Even the expectation of, of Brandon Ingram performing in that series. Amazing. He did yeah, an amazing he hit, job. He hit, he hit his expectation. It's amazing. Jonas Valanciunas was amazing. CJ McCollum was okay. In my eyes, he was okay. Yeah, nothing but ups over there in 
in uh, New Orleans. I think what just makes this series so special is the way that Game Six finished. In uh, oh, with Willie Green. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I felt for him. You know, and you know, we know Willie Green for a long time watching him play, and Chris Paul. You know, finishing that in his hometown. I mean, not hometown, but his his first team. So mm-hmm. all the emotions there. You know, sick. All right, so now we'll quickly discuss the matchups in the second round. Let's quickly start off with the Bucks versus the Celtics. From the moment of this recording, the Celtics just won Game Two, tying the series against the Bucks one to one. What are your thoughts so far? Can the Celtics defend Giannis as well as they did Katie? That's the question I'm going to pose. Yes, and they are. Look how much are they making Giannis work? I think first game was uh, nine, eight of twenty-five. This game was 11 of 27. Those are not his typical averages, like field goal percentage-wise. They're making Giannis work. The difference between Giannis and Kevin Durant, they have two different games. Giannis is not a shooter, so he can muscle his way to the paint. He is going to get those buckets. Kevin Durant, was, he has a shooting stroke, right? So it's a different, two different totally games, and they adjusted it perfectly. I am happy that we recorded this after game two because, you know, Milwaukee slapped Boston with just, without Chris Middleton as well. And I thought maybe, damn, Giannis is going to be the best player, in, you know, in the world and most likely get the championship. But Boston responded perfectly. I still think Boston's going to take this series. I think they're going to take it in six games. Yeah, like I, I totally agree. I honestly think that the Celtics can defend Giannis as well as they did Katie. Because usually in the playoffs, you'll, especially on the defensive end, like the defense will have a main starter, right? Who matches yeah. up well on a superstar. So in this case, Al Horford or Grant Williams. And then it's the second unit that gets completely like annihilated, but not yeah. Boston, not Grant Williams. Grant Williams is like an emerging three and D player. Bro, he has the same body type as Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was taller. Mm-hmm. There you go. No, he was really. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Grant, no, Grant, I told you Grant Williams really surprised me. I'm telling you, man. He especially defensively. I'm watching Boston defensively, bro. They're locked in, and I love it. Absolutely love it, and. Milwaukee's going to have their hand full. It's going to rely on the role players. Who is going to show up? Who is going to take some pressure off Giannis so Giannis can operate, right? Exactly, and yeah. In Brooklyn, um, Boston did a really great job shutting out the role players, so it didn't help. So nobody was able to help Kevin Durant like that. But in game one in, with Milwaukee and Boston, you saw all those role players shining. They were all going at it, man. So... The difference in this game is who's going to come up, which role players are going to come up and help their superstars. All right, man. The Sixers versus the Heat in the second round. Answer this question for me. How can the Sixers convince NBA fans that they are actually title contenders? They got to win. They got to win this series. Well, duh. I think they just got to beat this series. But I don't think they're not, man. Joel Embiid is pretty banged up. Him being absent for both games one and two will be a big problem. So hopefully they can come up with a dub. But realizing that Harden has scored less than 25 points in 11 straight playoff games, that's wild, right? Yeah, I'm happy you brought that up. I'm really, really happy you brought that up because I already said what I said with James Harden. And I just think, to be honest with Joel Embiid out now, I kind of feel like they all lost the pressure, you know? You're mm. facing a number one. You're facing a number one seed in Miami. James Harden lost the pressure. He doesn't have the pressure anymore because it's already hard enough to beat Miami, right? And I already said it. I think Philly goes as far as James Harden takes them. And James Harden has been proving to not only me but to a lot of other people that he's not going to take them anywhere, especially without Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. So Miami in five games, maybe. 
Miami in five? Yeah. I'm going to say Miami in six. I think Joel Embiid making an appearance, and if Joel Embiid makes an appearance in game three and four when they're back home in Philly, I think this can go to six games, but in favor of the Heat. Yeah. And you know what? Listen here, guys. Eric Spolstra is going to be like the Greg Popovich in his new era, and he's not going to win that many coach of the years. Like this year, where I think he should have a really at least be considered because he's the first place with always injuries, injuries in rosters and still injuries right now in the playoffs. And you're still able to have a first seed and produce the sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero. He's, yeah, bro, he's fucking amazing and they should dominate this series. All right, man, let's talk about the Warriors versus the Grizzlies. My question to you is, can the Grizzlies contain the threesome of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Jordan Poole? Yeah, that's a wet threesome, bro. Uh-huh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think they can... Well, you kind of said that Memphis is Golden State's kryptonite. I did. I said that earlier in the season because... It was kind of hard to see last year, you know, Steph Curry playing in the play-in against the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies eliminating the Golden State Warriors and then eventually being eliminated by the Utah Jazz in the first round. But the only reason why I said that is because they're hungry. Like the Grizzlies are trying to make a statement league-wide that, you know, a small market team like us who hasn't... And young players. Yeah, and young players. But like, essentially, a small market team like us has not seen traction like this since early 2010s with Marcus Gasol. And Zebo and Tony Allen. So we have to make a statement. We have to show, you know what? Memphis is a basketball city. And I get that. And I get that. But with that being said, I don't think that the Grizzlies can contain Curry, Clay, and Poole. And the reason being is because all these guys move off ball, number one, right? Which is amazing. And the fact that Jordan Poole has said in many interviews saying, you know, he's so happy to have Steph Curry as his mentor. And he literally, if you look at it, he's patterning his game a little bit to Steph Curry. And he is shifty with it, which is, and he is so fucking shifty with it. Yeah. A lot better than Steph Curry, in my opinion. And it looks better because he's so lengthy. Yeah. So yeah. And he's just, he's just so smooth. All that finesse. Um, yeah. And bro. Yeah, man. Like, I think the Grizzlies would just have trouble because. Like, sure, they're great in transition offense. Yes, Jaron Jackson Jr. was a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, but it's it's still not enough, personally. And and I think Brandon Clark on the on the Grizzlies has been doing an, an amazing job so far these playoffs. He's definitely stepped up from last season. And I just I just don't think it's it's enough. Like it really isn't. Like Desmond Bain and Clay Thompson, that's a matchup to watch this entire series. They're they're, they're almost sleek. They're almost like carbon copy of each other. They are. They pretty much are. The only main yeah. difference is that Desmond Bain is like stocky, right? And more muscular. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? He literally is a definition of a bulky guy shooting. <laughs> like, like you know when we talk about if like someone that's pretty skinny or pretty lean ends up bulking up and gaining muscle, especially if they were a good shooter beforehand, yeah. like a Giannis. Like remember yeah. when he came into the league, yeah, he's yeah, a shooting, yeah, yeah. right? I can't imagine Desmond Bain slimming down and cutting all that muscle. yeah. Because that would definitely affect the shooting form. And I don't know if that would even, if he would even be a great three point shooter that we see him now, right? The, the only thing that I, that's funny to me is that um, every time <laughs> Memphis keeps advancing, it's like another, like, face off another dad. Because it was like John Moran's <laughs> dad versus Carantini Anthony yeah. Towns' dad. <laughs> yeah. And now, now it's John Moran's dad versus uh, Steph Curry's dad. 
Del Curry. He goes up against Del Curry in the second round. Who the hell? Who the hell would he go up in the third round? Nobody. But still, it's actually funny to me. But they're gonna go as far as where they are right now. They're not gonna advance. So it's fun to see. They're a very nice young team. I think they just need more veteran veteran presence to calm them down and finish games properly. Because they did have the talent to literally sweep Memphis. Uh, I'm sorry, Minnesota. They just didn't because a lot of inexperience. They're trigger happy. I tell you right now, you cannot be trigger happy against Golden State. So I, that's for me. I think Golden State in five. Okay, Golden State in five. Damn, I think this will go to six games. Oh, okay, okay. I think this will go to six games. Golden okay, State okay. in six. Golden State in six. Okay. And finally, <laughs> my favorite matchup. <laughs> it's pretty much me versus Felix at this point. It really is. It's the Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks. Can Luka and the Mavericks adapt to the highest level of postseason basketball against the Suns? I think Luka can, 100%. And he did. Game one, he fucking did. 45 points, to what, 12, 8 assists, 12 rebounds, something like that. But I just think that Phoenix Suns are just so... Bro, I was watching that game. And Dallas was having a perfect game. They were all on fire, bro. Max Kleber, um, Luka, everyone was contributing, bro. Phoenix Sun did have that lead, but they controlled it. They responded right back, and the defense was the one that won the game. Well, well I mean, they contained everybody besides Luka, <laughs> but they're just fundamentally sound. Their defense is going to win this series, and like I said, uh, well, Chris Paul is I can Chris Paul is really, 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 really good. Uh, he's a reliable player when you when you're playing behind you know Devin Booker, who's your superstar. DeAndre Ayton keeps on raising his game in the playoffs. He's playing so good lately. I just don't think that Dallas is talented enough to beat them, and I don't think they're more. I don't think they're fundamentally sound enough to beat them because it's just too many. They're all good role players, but they're not superstar role players. Mm-hmm. You know who the superstar role players are? Like Chris Paul's a superstar role player. Believe, like I mean, you know, what I mean, he's there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel no, you. I, sh- I think I'm disrespecting him, but you know what I mean by superstar superstar role players, right? Yeah, like a Duncan Robinson. Oh, no, 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 no. Superstar role player, Javon like McGee. Collins. Javon McGee. Okay. Like that. Okay. You know okay, what I'm okay, saying? Okay, okay. Like Tyler Hero's a superstar role player. You know what I'm saying? Derrick Rose, superstar. You know what? I can keep going, but they don't have that. Well, Jalen Brunson looks like he's going to be that, but I feel like, I don't. I have a feeling that they're going to contain Jalen Brunson really good at this series. I think going to make a lot of adjustment in game two, with, especially with him, but I would love this game to go to seven games and hopefully Luca will pull it out. But realistically speaking, I think maybe Suns is six games. Well, I appreciate you admitting defeat very early, my friend, because I think it will happen. I think the Suns will will eliminate the Mavs. I think Devin Booker will eat up Luca like he did that time. Oh, chill, 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 chill. And, and he, uh, he did him up. He did him up. And he, and he, got, oh, him, he got him buckled. He, he buckled him. Trust me. First of all, I've you can't really that, talk. Luca, Luca, Luca has no interest <laughs> playing defense. First of all, he should, <laughs> like, man. He should. We all I know, know how great he's, he is. He's, he's, he's an, gonna. He's, he's gonna amazing. Be, he should. He should. You're right. But I'm telling you right now, uh, Luca cooked your whole team. Dropped almost half a mil. Not half a mil. Half, <laughs> half a century on you, bro. <laughs> he dropped half a century. The W always matters. The W always matters. All right. He can drop 40 th- this entire series, but if they lose like 4-1 to one or like 4-2, to two, done deal, bro. Honestly, though, like if you compare like the, the, the rosters from just, for, just from that game one alone, the Suns had six players in double figures. Yeah. The Mavs, who did they have? They only had four. 
Yeah. They only had four. And sadly, Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't part of that four. It was yeah. just Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's been balling out. Love that dude. Maxi Kleba and obviously Luka Doncic, right? Maxi Kleba was yeah. amazing. He was great. He was great. Hopefully, hopefully that, that, that scary fall didn't fuck him up. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it didn't. I'm pretty sure it didn't. But it was okay. pretty scary to see that still. It was, it was. It but was. um, yeah, man. Like, I just think with Luka and the Mavericks, losing Porzingis is a big deal. Losing Porzingis was like, now that you look at the, at the trade afterwards... No oh, one yeah. guard DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a problem. Plus, when Cam Johnson gets hot, he gets hot. Yeah, Give that he man was, the ball. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know it takes, thank you for bringing up the big man because you see that shot that Jason Kidd did in the press conference? Yes. This yeah. ain't like Rudy Gobert and Hassan Weissel who can who can score by the basket. Yeah, man. And he's he's, spe- he's speaking facts <laughs> easily. Jason shit, Kidd, bro, Jason Kidd is speaking huge. facts. That was so funny. But yeah, he's right, though. So he's right. He's like 100% I said, right. DeAndre Ayton's been really, really good. And Javon McGee has been amazing as well. So, um, yeah, I told you, it's going to take a lot of perfect games for Dallas to win. And that's, mm-hmm. just giving, that's just me giving credit to Phoenix, to be honest. Dallas is just starting their journey. Phoenix has been in, in that journey for a while. And for a while, man. Since the fucking NBA bubble. So, so kudos. Kudos to them. Kudos to you know? them. So, so, yes, Phoenix Suns is going to win in yeah. six games. In six games. I I also think in six. I think Luca, like like you said, he's gonna drop like. Luca's gonna, over yo, Luca's gonna average. Yo, Luca's gonna average forty in this fucking series, bro. But that's the thing too. It's just the fact that like I love Luca Doncic's individual game, but I'm not quite sure if you know this. At the beginning of the season, if I'm not mistaken, Jason Kidd and Luca Doncic already had discussions about him trusting his teammates, and I think Jason Kidd's personal experience playing basketball is the fact that you know he's played against the best players that have ever played this game and i could i could see jason kidd being that coach but also being that mentor being yo i'm gonna bring luca aside and ask him one question do you want to be the face of this league yes or no this is what you got to do yeah because you know and you're right because you know i did mention that the problem i i see with luca was that he wasn't able to and we remember i said it with Christoph Porzingis, where they did the high pick and roll, and when, when Porzingis rolled to the three point line, top of the key, Luca continued to go to the basket and still take on the two defenders where Christoph is open, and he done that multiple times. And I think like, like that was my biggest, the only thing that he has elevated in his game, to be honest. And the biggest thing will be, yeah, exactly what you said. He has to trust his teammates a little bit more. Right. But that's the thing too. But his teammates also have to be taken. And it's um, crazy too because, you know, we're saying that and he's averaging almost triple doubles. The Mavericks, everybody on that squad from Jalen Brunson to Reggie Bullock to Dorian Finney-Smith to Dwight Powell, Bertans, if he, if he gets any minutes, everybody has to be on board. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Full Court Press with Bonnie and Felix. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your shows, and to follow us on Instagram at fullcourtpress.to. We're going to end off the episode with a game of Who's Talking? It's a very, very simple game, and you guys can play along as well. I'm going to be playing three sound clips of basketball players that have talked throughout these interviews, and I just want you to guess who you think is talking, okay? Okay. In three, two, one. Here's the first player up. Uh, we'll, we'll take the win. You know what I mean? It's not always going to be pretty. 
Um, we played well. Wow, that's Chris Paul. That's right. It is Chris Paul. All right. Oh, one man. of one. Shout out to Mark, Chris Paul lover. <laughs> Have you ever met someone? You know, who's your favorite player? Chris Paul. <laughs> you know what I mean? So funny. This one basketball player is currently not playing, so that's oh, that's okay, a okay. clue. But you'll know right away. You'll know right away. This is easy. This is this is easy. Too much pressure now. I've heard similar things about Bud, Kyle Korver, and and Wes Matthews. We chatted for a bit after one of the games we played against the Bucks last. Oh, JJ Riddick. Damn, bro, that took yeah, you he, a while, son. Yeah, I, I don't know. He sounded so weird. He gave me like a Chris Bosh vibes. I don't know why. <laughs> Chris Bosh, yo, this guy. <laughs> why does he give you Chris Bosh vibes? I don't know, man. I've been thinking about Chris Bosh lately. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, next player up. Ready? You know, I just didn't. Uh, I wasn't in the right places at the right time. I didn't. I didn't make a. Uh, uh, many plays on offense or on defense, and um, you know I can do a lot better. So, uh, you know, like I said before, I'm not gonna make any excuses. You know, it is what it is. And uh, who's that always, player? This is this is driving me nuts, bro. But the only name that's coming to my mind right now is John Moran. Nah, man. One more guess. One more guess. Fuck. Oh, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Eh, nah, what? man. It's not Kyle Lowry. Oh, that's all just like Kyle Lowry, bro. You know who it is? Who is it? Who? It's Chris Bosh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny when you were when you I listen when you were playing that clip, the face was was like blurred out, but all I saw was dreads. <laughs> Chris Watch had dreads in fucking Toronto Raptors run. Was that Toronto Raptor? Nah, believe it or not. It was um, Miami. It was Miami, yeah, it was Miami. It was Miami. Yeah, he sounds a little bit more grown there, that's why. Alright, this is the last sound clip. Okay. And okay. I think this is the hardest one. I'm pretty sure you can get it. How the players really run what it what goes on. It's not just okay, the coach tells you to do something and you do it. And on my first two teams, uh with the Wizards and with Denver, that's how it was ran. It was more ran of, okay, you listen to the coach, it's not ran by the players. It doesn't matter what the players really want right. at all. Who's that? Oh that, that threw me off when he said the Wizards to Denver. Yeah. Think about it. He's in the second round. That's my only clue. Yeah, I know, and that actually threw me off. I, I don't know. I don't know. Transition from Wizard of Denver. Who? JaVale McGee. Thanks again for tuning in to Full Court Press with Bonnie and Felix, and we'll catch you in the next one.